What time is it? Game time! Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Gives it to Jenkins for the championship! Davis! Oh my god! Davis is going to run it all the way back! Auburn's going to win the football game! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to yet another episode of Game Time with Garrison and Garrett. I'm your host, Garrison Hardy, and with me, as always, is the co-host, Garrett Thigpen. Garrett, it's good to be back with you after uh, last week we had a bit of a recording snafu on our side. Uh, It's good to finally get back to talk about some college football. It is, yeah. I mean, I just, I'm upset that the listeners don't get to hear all our perfect picks. Um, Yep. We even, last week, we decided to predict the score of each game, and we got every single one right. So that's (laughs) disappointing. You guys didn't get to hear that. It was pretty great, but... Um. Yeah, we'll uh we'll try and replicate it this week. Exactly. I think it was down to the exact yardage. You know, we predicted and whatnot. So that's right. That is right. We did do that. Yep. Y- yep. Mm-hmm. Anyways, what happened was, folks. Uh, we uh, I work for a TV show uh, called Cross Politic, and throughout the week we had a lot of guests coming in because uh, my church was actually hosting uh what was called a CREC summit so dozens of pastors came into the studio that I work at and you know they were recording lots and lots of content and as a result uh our show got lost in the shuffle unfortunately so you know these things happen and now we move forward and let's just kick things off with the reactions to the games that happened last week and boy was there some entertainment to be had uh, and we'll keep our reactions brief. I mean, you guys can at home can go read the box scores, watch the highlights, etc. So, uh, Garrett, let's just go ahead and start a, a little more of a boring game. You know, the Louisville NC State game. Uh, as an NC State fan, what was your overall thought with that <laughs> game? I just had to bring it up. Yeah, that one, um, definitely a bit of a dud. Uh, we started off hot. Uh, I think we had a 10 nothing lead at halftime and um, our offense is just, we can't move the ball. We have Brennan Armstrong quarterback, never been a fan. That's on the record. Uh, it's true. That's true. Let's just, replay the tape. We, no, I'm just kidding. We couldn't do anything. He, he's getting benched this week. We're starting MJ Morris next week. So that's good. But yeah, it's just a, a low scoring affair. We got 10 points quick and then didn't do anything the rest of the game. Louisville was able to get just enough to beat us. So, yeah, uh, disappointing, but again, with Brennan Armstrong quarterback, I didn't have high expectations, so I kind of saw it coming, but um, yeah, a bit, bit of a boring game, definitely definitely boring. Yeah, the final on that one, Louisville wins 13-10, to 10, so kind of a dud overall. Louisville is now in the top 25, well, more on that in a bit. Elsewhere, we predicted this one perfectly, right, Garrett? Florida and Kentucky. The Kentucky Wildcats get the win 33-14, to 289 yards on the ground for their running back who had a heck of a day. This is Kentucky's Ramon Davis, 26 carries, 280 yards, three touchdowns. At one point, Florida had 13 guys on the field, still couldn't stop him. Yeah, I mean, that was just... Yeah, unbelievable game. Uh, I thought Florida had a, a better chance, but Kentucky just got off to a hot start. I mean, they went up 16 nothing in the first quarter. Uh, got a bit. Florida got a bit unlucky. They threw a, a pick right after that first score for Kentucky, and they were able to turn around quickly and score again. And um, yeah, Kentucky off to a 23 nothing lead, and Florida just couldn't come back. They they couldn't stop the run game, like you said, 280 yards on the ground, and. Um, yeah, just uh, poor defense from Florida. And yeah, Kentucky looks good. They got a great defense, a great run game. And yeah, big win for them. Big win for them indeed. And as as we, I mentioned, it, it was a perfect pick for us, right, Garrett? You you didn't pick That's Florida. Right. We were, I would never trust the Gators. Uh, <laughs> I'm a big Devin Leary fan. He's from NC State. So I'm always riding with the, with the Wildcats. Yeah, and he had a huge day. 9 of 20, 69 yards and a touchdown. Anyways, oh, yeah. he was uh <laughs> he was firing all cylinders. Oh yeah. Much the MVP. Mm. Uh another game of note. USC Colorado USC wins 48 to 41, but Garrett this uh I mean it was 34 to 7 at one point. Colorado comes storming back almost to win the game. 
but their poor clock management towards the end of the game, I was really frustrated watching that. And USC hangs on to win by a thread. Yeah. Um, you know, for the first half, I, I think everyone just assumed it was going to be another repeat of the Oregon game. USC was scoring at will. Colorado, they were moving the ball a little bit, but I mean, not anywhere like USC was. And I don't know, towards that, I don't know, I guess around the fourth quarter, USC's defense could not stop them whatsoever. Right. Uh, Colorado just started moving the ball. And then on the on the opposite side, USC couldn't move the ball at all. So it was just a real flip of the switch. Colorado went on a run. And, you know, if you had a quarter, if you played another quarter of that game, Colorado might come back and win. But right. uh, USC did enough in the first half to hang on. They built a big enough lead. And, you know, we've kind of seen that from them. They get off to a hot start, build up a big lead, and then they kind of ride it for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. The defense gives up a lot. Um, you've brought up multiple times that you don't trust their defense. I had a little more faith in them. I didn't think they would give up 41 this week. Right. Um, and I think that that's definitely a problem now going forward because there's going to be teams that they face like Oregon and Washington that are going to have better defenses that they might not be able to get off to a, a 34 point half against. And right. if, you know, especially against a team that's moving the ball like Washington, they're going to be putting up a lot of points and if i just don't know if uh usc's gonna be able to i don't know play the same way they've been playing i think uh their defense is definitely gonna be definitely a problem for them going forward right and heck even uh, even this next this uh next game they've got coming up at home taking on the arizona wildcats arizona took the washington huskies to the last minute and it was close game and right at USC, I think that could even that could even potentially be a slip up game there. So USC, very impressive offense as always. As Garrett and I always that we always harp on their offense, but man, just looking shaky. And then after that, they play Notre Dame. They got Utah, Cal, Washington, or all of those games. To me, I don't know. I, I just you just don't know what version of USC is going to show up. So shaky right. times. Yeah. When- yeah, you see this, and uh, it kind of leads me to think that, you know, I, I can I consider them, Oregon, and Washington, all three kind of even at the top of the conference, but right. this kind of moves them back to third for me, probably, behind Washington and Oregon. Right. Um, I just think that uh, the defense is too much of a liability, but Caleb Williams and the offense is good enough that I think it's going to be able to keep them in any game, but um, I think it's just that little... I give the slight edge to uh, to Washington and Oregon just because of the defense. Right. Right. So elsewhere, there was a, hey, do you know it's basketball season, Garrett? Because Ole Miss and LSU, hey, th- those two basketball teams look pretty good. Final score, 55 to 19, over 700 yards of offense for Ole Miss, just under 700 yards of offense for LSU. Ole Miss gets the win, 55 to 49. Yeah, that uh, that's quite the game, quite the track meet, and great defense. You know, great defense being played. <laughs> if you love old, uh, hard nosed football, that this was the game for you. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah, Jaden Daniels and Jackson Dart, both of them played amazing. Right, and yeah, another loss for LSU. There are two losses at this point in the season. Just like I don't we think predicted, expected that. I mean, yeah, I, again, I thought they were a playoff team and right. this kind of ends the hopes for them, even if they were on the table, two losses just probably isn't going to do it. And yeah. yeah, just a disappointing end because the thing is they've, they've got the talent on the defensive side of the ball to be a really good defense and they're one of the worst. So, right. um, obviously they, they've had problems in the secondary with people being available in general and you know, they've got talent on the defensive side of the ball, uh, but the players haven't been performing. They haven't been able to get pressure, haven't right. been able to mm-hmm. slow down. You know, they couldn't slow down Ole Miss's passing game. You saw Alabama do it. Alabama right. shut them down to 10 points, and then they come out and score 55 on LSU. Talent-wise, I don't think LSU is even that far behind Alabama, so you yeah. got to wonder what the problem is there. I don't know if it's, you know, if it's coaching. Maybe it's just a team culture. They right. Maybe they don't they don't mesh well. They don't have good chemistry. I don't know what it is, but 
yeah, I mean, they've proven that they have one of the worst defenses is in the power five at least and so yeah. that's i don't know uh I, again i still i favored them a lot of games just based on their offense and jane daniels right i mean Ole miss is a really good team and they were able to exploit the weak defense i still think lsu's gonna have a good season but they're just not gonna be competing for any championships or anything no. like that i still think they're gonna have a they're gonna win more games than they lose but uh they're they're not among the best in the in the sec not at all. And uh, looking looking at LSU as a team, I just I think <laughs> I honestly think that this all started back for me with uh, Brian Kelly's dang TikTok dances. I just <laughs> <laughs> you talk about culture, and I'm sorry if I'm a player and I see those cringe dances. And after the loss, I, I went back and watched some of those just because I was like, "What? What's? <laughs> what is going on, Coach Kelly? This is not yeah, you." That, He's got the fake yeah, accent going on. Rough. Oh my gosh! I, you see, they they act, they they made that rule today. The NCAA did banning photo shoots with recruits. Good. So they, uh, yeah, they. <laughs> one of my into that, one so. of the wins for the NCAA. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, they were two years. Uh, too late for Brian Kelly, though. You know <laughs> right. that that's going to live on forever for him. But <laughs> I just, yeah. yeah, I I wish I could show video for all of you at, at home. Just go look up Brian Kelly TikTok, and you'll you'll have a blast. I rec- guarantee it. So, anyways, with with that being said, for LSU now, if you're an Alabama fan at home, you're thinking, well, shoot, suddenly I think we've got a shot here to come out on top in our division. And, you know, I still favor Georgia, you know, and whatnot, but Bama could still potentially make a push for the playoff here. I mean, they've seemed to got things a little more figured out on their side. So just just something to keep in mind as we move forward in this season. And we'll be talking about here LSU a little bit later in the show. Elsewhere, got one more one. Actually, just uh, two more two more games that we wanted to touch on before we look at and the one we'll touch on first, Georgia versus Auburn. Georgia gets a 27-20 to 20 win over the Auburn Tigers. That keeps them ranked number one in the country. Personally, I'm fine with them staying at number one. I mean, Garrett, they've won 23 straight at this point. Yeah, I'm with you there. I still think I'd have Georgia number one in my rankings just on the fact that they're back-to-back champs. Right. They've got the talent, uh, the pedigree. I think they've earned the right. that As long as they're winning, I think they're going to stay there. And this game, I mean, obviously nobody heard our talks from last week, but where we perfectly kind of, predicted game, it, right? I mean, it did go as kind of like we said, Auburn's mm-hmm. got a really good defense. They were going to be able to slow down Georgia. Um, and that's, they, they slowed them down for the most part. Um, they got really creative in the run game. Uh, Peyton Thorne, they had him running a lot of, uh, a lot of option plays. He had 12 carries for 92 yards on the ground. Um, the he they really struggle passing, so we right. we knew they were going to have to run the ball if they wanted to do anything. And like I said, they found creative ways to to run, and they were able to keep it uh keep it close for the most part, just with their defense. But at the end of the day, I think Georgia's talent and ability to move the ball through the air it was just the difference maker on that final drive, uh, especially with Brock Bowers. They were able to um. They were able to uh, just go to him over and over again. He had 56 yards on the final game-winning drive. So, um, you know, I think it, you know, it, it shows that Carson Beck he he's able to in those close games do what it takes to win. He looked really good right. uh, on the final drive, and he played a he played a decent game. He had 300 yards, um, one touchdown, one pick. Um, and the pick was really just good defense. It was a contested catch. The defender made a really good play. So uh, I think he's playing well enough. And that if they can get that run game going throughout the season, they've got a lot of injuries in the backfield. But right. they can get some guys back and they can start running the ball effectively to match up with how well their defense is playing. I, I still think that they're um, easily one of the top four teams in the country. Right. All right. And the last game of the week was Notre Dame and Duke and Gosh, this actually, you know, you're talking about a track meet with LSU and Mississippi. Well, if you want to watch defense, it came in this game. And and Garrett, I was I was thoroughly impressed 
Honestly, a little bit with both teams. I I thought this was a, a pretty good contest of both sides. Both defenses were flying around on the field. Uh, I, I you know the the offense on both sides could have played better, but I, I think this was more of a testament to two hard nosed defenses coming out and putting on really good performances. And for you know Notre Dame comes out with the win, twenty one to fourteen in this one, and. Um, I do have con- some concerns going forward for Notre Dame in their wide receiver room. Given that it just mm-hmm. it just looked like they were pretty unreliable. Sam Hartman, fifteen of thirty for two twenty two, and there were a lot of drops in there as well. Uh, the fortunately Notre Dame tight end you you know go figure. They, uh, Mitchell Evans had a great day, six receptions, hundred thirty four yards for an average of twenty two point three yards per catch. And again, Notre Dame hangs on tight to win twenty-one to fourteen, keep their playoff hopes alive. Yeah, I mean, these are two teams that they play a similar brand of football, um, and I think we we saw that it was very similar to the Ohio State Notre Dame game. They were just two solid teams that have good defense. They don't have the most explosive offenses, um, but they play very similar styles, keep the game low scoring. Uh, but very efficient either way on both sides. Um, I think I really think Duke should have won this game. Um, they they were more efficient. It was just two turnovers was uh, a huge difference maker, and um, they they just had a lot of missed opportunities. Um, and in the first half, they only had two drives go over thirty yards, and both ended in missed field goals. So. Uh, credit to Notre Dame's defense. They played really well. And, you know, again, I thought Duke should have won this game on the final drive. They had them fourth and 16. And I thought, man, this is a big win for Duke. And then Sam Hartman uh, scrambles to pick up the first down. He runs at 17 yards on the fourth and 16 to pick it up. And then uh, they go down and win it. But yeah, I mean, credit them for, for um, you know, coming back and getting the win like that. But uh, it's definitely a little bit concerning for their offense. Uh, Duke has a good defense, but still, like you said, Sam Harmon only 15 of 30. They didn't run the ball super efficiently. Right. Um, SMA struggled a little bit, and um, they were 3 of 15 on third downs. And they, they they played it safe, and I think that's the, you know, Duke's a good defense, but Sam Hartman was able to protect the ball. Uh, right. Only 15 of 30, but he didn't really make any game losing mistakes. Mm-hmm. And they just they played it safe. They relied on their defense to keep it low scoring. And then in the end, we're able to go down and score to win it. So um, I think they they played into their strengths. Uh, it worked against Duke. And I think it's going to work for them most of the season going forward. Right. Uh, the biggest test for them will be obviously the USC game. I think it's just going to be hard to keep USC from scoring, you know, 30 plus points. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if uh, we'll see if the Notre Dame offense is able to keep up in a, in a game like that. But I mean, either way to go on a road like that against a ranked team and get a win, I bounce back from the Ohio State game. I'm sure they're I'm sure they're fine with it. Right. Right. And now. Let's go ahead and look at this week. We've we've got some uh, good football coming up once again. We do have some big ranked matchups. Um, and before we jump into probably the one that uh, everybody's waiting for, which, I mean, it's got to be Texas-Oklahoma, right? Um, Garrett, there's one game that I've uh, taken note of. And given what happened last week for LSU... I think this is essentially Coach Kelly's coaching for his job right now. LSU at Missouri. Missouri's ranked 21st in the country. They've had a quality win over Kansas State. And LSU is licking their wounds right now, looking wobbly to say the least. Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts overall on this one? <clears throat> yeah, this game is going to be... Very similar, in my opinion, to the Ole Miss game. It's going to be a shootout. Both teams, they love to throw the ball. Um, LSU is sixth in the country in passing yards per game. Um, Missouri's 15th, both are over 300. Uh, They're both very efficient, too, averaging over 10 yards per pass attempt for both teams. That's both top 10 in the country. Um, So, yeah, the offenses are going to be clicking. 
Um, Jane Daniels is going to be, I don't think the Missouri defense can be able to stop him. Uh, their defense is, uh, in terms of passing defense, they're 101st in the country and allowing mm-hmm. passing yards per game. And so I think the LSU offense is going to have a field day. The only question is going to be if Missouri can keep up. Right. Um, but like I said, they've got a great passing offense, fourth in the country and uh, yards per pass attempt. Um, Brady Cook's having an outstanding season. You mm-hmm. could say maybe behind Jaden Daniels, he's having, you know, and maybe with Jackson Dart too, uh, you could say those are the top three quarterbacks in the in the SEC this season so far. Um yeah, it'll be. We'll just have to see if uh, if they can keep up with LSU. I think it's gonna be a high scoring affair. The over or under, I think, is set at like sixty five. Um, I think it go even higher than that. But yeah, Brady Cooks had a great season, seventy five percent completions. He's had almost fifteen hundred yards, right. eleven touchdowns, and no picks. Uh, both sort of these efficient. offenses are really, yeah, yeah, not. <laughs> uh, it's somewhat efficient, but uh, yeah, both these offenses are really good at protecting the ball and just putting up points and right. both defenses are some of the worst in the country. I mean, um, both teams are outside the top 100 and past defense. So, um, yeah, I just expect this one to be a shootout. Uh, I'd like LSU to come out on top. I keep predicting them to win these games and they keep losing, <laughs> but I'm going right. to, I'm going to keep riding with them just because I believe in Jane Daniels. And I think in an offensive battle like this, um, I don't think, I don't think Missouri's offense is, uh, I don't know. They haven't been tested as much. So it's harder to say that they're as good as LSU's. LSU's had a lot of good competition, but right. Um, I think the LSU is going to have a little bit more success slowing down Missouri than they did Ole Miss. So yeah. uh, I I think I'm going to still stick with LSU in this one, but it's, it's going to be a shootout and it could go either way, but um i'm, I'm gonna go with lsu one more time one last ride <laughs> if you fool me once no i'm kidding um <laughs> if they if they lose this week they'll, they they fall back to irrelevancy and we don't have to pick them anymore so that's right <laughs> uh, either way i win <laughs> that's true that's very true i i'm i'm right there with you as far as both in confidence level and the team uh, you know i i think my my pick would be on lsu i was on the uh, kingdom city podcast earlier this week talking about how essentially i think coach kelly is coaching for his job right now you know i don't i don't know if people are talking about the the hot seat for him at this point but for me it's it's probably feeling pretty warm right about now i mean it, he the talent that he has on this roster and for them to be where they are right now knocked out of contention 5 games into the year that just that just doesn't happen at lsu and they expect right. more they expect to be in that upper elite echelon of the SEC and the country. So for them to already be looking at next year, like, oh, well, this year's over, uh, that doesn't sit well with that fan base or the administration. And Missouri, going into this Missouri game, it's a ranked game away. You're you're at least thinking, okay, I've, we've got to get a New Year's Six Bowl if you're Coach Kelly. And mm-hmm. it, this this right here is the stepping stone to get there. And I'm with you. I think this is like a three-point ball game, and LSU just finds a way to escape with the win. You know, I could see this going both teams. You know, at, in the 40s, and it's it's a, a a situation of who has the ball last. And you know, the mm-hmm. the Kingdom City guys, they're both Mizzou fans, but uh, they you know, same thing for them. It's who who has the ball last. And it's at home. The ball tends to bounce a little bit differently, but just given the circumstances of how dire things are at LSU right now, I think Coach Kelly finds a way to get the team ready. They go eke out a win, and uh, if not, he's he's probably packing his bags. So there you go. A close win for LSU is what Garrett and I are predicting here. Um, so stay tuned. And that game you can watch. It's a noon kickoff, so it's going to be one of the early games uh, this Saturday. And then it, it is stream. It's going to be on ESPN. So LSU and Mizzou, stay tuned. Um, hey, here's kind of another game uh, that not maybe not everybody's thinking about, but Syracuse and North Carolina. Now North Carolina, they're looking pretty good right now. They're four and zero. They're ranked 14th in the country. They've got a great you know they've got great quarterback play uh, on their team. And oh, by the way, they just got 
They just got a nice piece back to the puzzle. You can chat about that a little bit, Garrett. The NCAA reversing it, their decision on one of the North Carolina's players. And Syracuse, I mean, this is a solid team that is 4-1 and one coming into this game. They did just lose to Clemson 31-14 to 14 at home. We, I, you know, I thought Clemson was going to go in and play well there, so I wasn't surprised. Um, right. But yeah, what are, your, what are your thoughts on the Tar Heels and uh, Orangemen? Yeah, I think this is. Um, I, I think that the, this is going to be a pretty, pretty interesting game. I, I like UNC a lot. Um, kind of as a dark horse to. I think they have a really good shot at making the ACC championship. Right. They're undefeated right now, and they let me see. They don't play Florida State, so if they can run the table and you know that final game against Florida State and uh, the championship game could be a playoff decider. So. Right. Uh, the real test for them, I think, this season is probably going to be the Miami game. Mm. Other than that, they've got a pretty easy schedule. Um, they Clemson. do play Duke and Clemson towards the end, but I, I, I like UNC to win both those games. Um, like you said, they added Tez Walker. Uh, there you go. He's yep. a, a four-star transfer wide receiver. They just got him. He he transferred in this offseason, but it was his second transfer. And the NCAA denied him eligibility this season, but they've been fighting it for the past month. Um, the the NCAA came out today and said he was eligible, so he's gonna be he's gonna be playing. I don't, I don't AKA, know. If they, I haven't read if they're planning to play him this week, but um, AKA yeah, they, they're uh, they're they, we caught a lot of heat for that decision, so we're reversing it. <laughs> right, right. Well, they came out and said that it was UNC's fault that it took this long and that they weren't yeah. providing the correct information. So. I don't know. I don't know the details of who's right or wrong in that situation, but I mean, it's a big addition for them. He was the second-rated uh, transfer wide receiver come in, only behind Adonai Mitchell at Texas, um, and he was just ahead of Keon Coleman at Florida State. So uh, he's a great player, and he'll be a big addition for them. Uh, I mean, they're already the offense is already rolling as it is, so it's only going to get better. Drake may is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Right. Um, so I think UNC is going to be a really exciting team to watch going down the stretch just for the fact of Drake may, can he play himself into a Heisman contention? There's a lot of good quarterback play out there. And I think that UNC is kind of a little bit under the radar when you have teams like, uh, Caleb Williams at USC and, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Penix jr. At Washington, they're putting up big numbers and they're in the top 10. So they're getting a lot of the attention, but, um, I think Drake May is quietly having a really good season, and if they can keep it rolling, uh, especially if they can win against Syracuse and then get a big win over Miami, you're looking at now UNC's in the top ten. So, uh, yeah, they're going to be uh, they're going to be a, definitely a team to watch over the next couple of weeks. And again, North Carolina taking on Syracuse. That's going to be a three thirty kickoff time. We're going Eastern time here. Don't forget, Garrison, and that's also going to be on ESPN there. Uh, or you could watch it on Fubo if you have a subscription there. There you go. So North Carolina hoping to go five and zero with the win. Now we've got this is kind of an under the radar game for me uh, it, personally. I think when I look at this, number one Georgia taking on number twenty Kentucky. I just think can it's going to be hard for Kentucky because they are they're not really built as a passing team per se. Uh, I don't know. You know, you know the NC State quarter, former NC State quarterback, better than I do. But for me, this is going to be a pretty tough game for Kentucky. They they may keep it close, you know. Tough, de- they've got a tough defense, a good run game, but running against this Georgia defense, uh, Auburn. You know, I'll say that Auburn did show that the, it can be done, but uh, a tough test at Georgia for Kentucky. Yeah, obviously both teams are sort of um, Kentucky at least is showing the strength of their team is the run game. They right. showed that last week against Florida, um, and so they they want to run the ball. And Georgia, they didn't look great stopping the run against Auburn last week. You mentioned that. The thing about the Auburn game though is they they put up two hundred nineteen rushing yards. Um, they had 5.1 yards per carry. The The difference between that Auburn team and this Kentucky team, though, is Auburn had to use a lot of creativity to get the ball moving against right. Georgia. They had to run with their quarterback a lot. He ran a lot of RPOs and was able to get the ball outside. Um, you know, he can't. He 
he had one run for 61 yards around the end where he faked it inside, fooled the defense, was able to get it outside and run 61 yards down the field. Right. So it's it's plays like that that Auburn was able to pull off to make it work. Um, but Kentucky's not going to be able to do that. Devin Leary's not a running quarterback. And their running style is a lot more traditional. They're going to be running between the tackles, running a lot more traditional schemes. And that's really what Georgia is built to stop. And so I don't think they're going to be able to find the success. I mean, they're a better run team in general. So I don't want to say they can't run the ball, but it's just because Auburn did it. I don't think it means much for, you know, Georgia's run defense being weak or uh, Kentucky being able to run all over them. I think they're still going to struggle. Right. Um, And like you said, that's the strength of their team and they don't want to be passing it with Devin Leary. Um, You know, he's only completing 58% of his passes already this season. He's thrown five picks. Uh, He doesn't have the strongest arm and I don't really want him throwing the ball against maybe the best secondary in the country. Right. Um, So, yeah, I definitely think that's going to be the problem. It's all going to come down to whether or not Kentucky can find some way this week to to figure out how to run the ball against Georgia. I don't think they're going to be able to do it. And then, right. um, you know, Kentucky's defense is really strong. They're, um, they're ninth in the country in rushing defense, only allowing 76 yards a game. Um, and then PFF has them graded thir- 23rd uh, overall defensively and 19th in their coverage grade. They're a really solid defense. Um, they don't really give up a lot of big plays. They keep everything in front of them. Right. Um, but... Georgia, I, th- I think their offense is figuring it out. If they can get the ball to Brock Bowers, he they're going to be able to move the ball. He's just one of the best weapons in the country. Yeah. And yeah. Carson Beck, he's playing well. He doesn't give a lot up. Seventy-two percent completion percentage. He's throwing it almost almost three hundred yards a game. Um. So yeah, I I I think Georgia's going to be able to do enough to to get past Kentucky pretty handily. I just don't think Kentucky's right. been able to move the ball enough. So. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I, I I definitely like Georgia to to keep it rolling after this one. Me too. Yeah. So we're looking at 24 straight for Georgia here if they get the win. And you know, I, for me, it would be something like a 31 to a seven, 31 to 17 kind of ball game here, where you know Kentucky doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't play bad, but just uh, to me, there it's it's it kind of runs into this Michigan versus Georgia problem again. Michigan would like to run the ball, you know, 30 some times. And against Georgia, that just that seems like a problem. So, um, yeah, Kentucky runs into the same issue here, and it you know, but still, masterful job done by Coach Stoops there by Mark Stoops, who you know people went after him for his defensive woes at Oklahoma, and the way his defense has been playing at Kentucky just shows me it's. But what's the what's the deal? We're off topic here, I know. But what's the deal with Oklahoma never? having like a really elite defense that it just seems like that's always their weakness. I don't know. In the past, they haven't this season. I think this year is different though. They've, they've got a really good defense this year. We can talk about that with the Texas game, but um, yeah, in the past, I don't know. They've been a very one dimensional team, but I think, uh, I think things are changing in uh, at Oklahoma now. And uh, time will tell on that, (laughs) you know, kind of a big test coming up for them here. So we, we can, we'll see here. Uh, this week as they uh, Oklahoma gets ready to take on Texas. And you know what? Seeing as we brought it up, let's just go ahead and jump in. Garrett, the let's Red River rivalry. I mean, this to me is easy. It's easily the game of the week. College game day is going to be in attendance. Oklahoma comes in ranked 12th in the country at 5-0. and And Texas, number three at 5-0. and And by the way, for the folks at home, the last time Texas started 5-0, and that was back in 2009, and they would end up in the national championship game with Colt McCoy at the helm. Although that was, if I remember correctly, that was Alabama's one of their championships there in what would start their dynasty. Colt McCoy got injured in the first quarter. Mm -hmm. Kind of a bummer there. It's still Bama probably would have won, but it would have been a much better game. Um, Right. But anyways, Texas, I mean, they're, they're firing on all cylinders. They beat Kansas last week, 40 to 14. And uh, that was, you know, this is a better Kansas team than in years past. So, Garrett, what are your thoughts on this edition of the Red River Rivalry? By the way, another interesting stat: these teams are thirty-three and thirty-three, in uh, and, and then there's some ties thrown in there as well uh, when it comes to playing each other within the last sixty-six meetings. 
Yeah, this is going to be a really exciting game. Uh, both teams are rolling. Texas, like you said, they're coming off a 40-14 to 14 win against Kansas. Some people were saying that Kansas could trip them up. Uh, that game was a little bit of a disappointment because at the last minute, um, Kansas starting quarterback was a last minute scratch. She had back tightness is what they were saying. So they had a backup quarterback in there. So, um, Texas had gone off a little easy on that one. They, they rolled over him pretty easily, but, um, yeah, I mean, this is going to be a really, really good game. Um, and you mentioned before Oklahoma's defense, they have actually, their defense is playing really well this season. They've only given up five touchdowns the entire season. They've gotten 10 picks this season, fifth in the country in turnover margin. Um, PFF's got them ranked as the third overall defense, uh, according to their grades, sixth overall run defense. So it's a defense that's much improved. It's going to give Texas a problem. Like I said, 10 interceptions. Uh, this game is really going to come down to Quinn Ewers, whether or not we get, because he's been inconsistent in the past. Uh, You know, last season he could have amazing games and then followed up with a complete dud. So uh, he's looked really good almost his entire season, but then you saw him trip up against Wyoming a little bit. Uh, and they struggled on that one to win. They had to pull it out at the end. But yeah, it, it really just depends on which Quinn Ewers we're going to get. Because um, like I said, this Oklahoma defense is really good at forcing turnovers. And if he gets off a little bit and throws a couple picks, this game might turn on him quickly. So, um, yeah, I, I still like Texas. I think they're maybe the most complete team in the country. Right. They proved that they're the real deal against Alabama. I mean, Alabama's been playing great outside of that texas game so i think that it proves that you know alabama is still a really good team texas is just that much better right um so yeah for oklahoma on the defensive side of the ball i think that they've got the keys to cause problems for texas uh, it's just gonna be a matter of whether or not you know quinn ewers is playing at his best so he again he's shown against bama that he can do it so we'll see if he can keep it going um but yeah, the the Texas defense at the same time is is you know they're one of the best in the country as well. Right. So it's going to be a really tough task for the Oklahoma offense. Um, but you know they've got a great quarterback in Dylan Gabriel, who's playing great this season. Uh, he's completing seventy five percent of his passes, over three hundred yards a game. He's thrown for fifteen touchdowns and only two picks. So, um, you know, on the same side, they're going to have to worry about Oklahoma's offense and. They're really good at getting the ball out quick. So I think that they're going to be able to find success. It's going to be hard for Texas to really bother him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're uh, 19th in the country in yards per play. They're really efficient offense. Um, their, their run game struggles a little bit. They're not a great rushing offense, but I think that's okay. When you're going against Texas, it's going to be really difficult to run against that front seven anyway. Their defensive line is so dominant. Um, right. I think that their style plays into the kind of game they're going to have to play against the Texas defense. They like to throw the ball and they like to get it out quick. And I think that's what you're going to have to do um, in order to beat them. So I don't think I think Oklahoma's defense is going to be able to score on Texas, but um, it's just going to be a matter of whether or not their defense can slow down Texas's offense. And right. I think that they've got the best defense they've had in a long time. So if they're they're going to do it, this is the year. But I don't know. Texas is just so good all around and we saw what they could do to Alabama. So it's really hard for me to bet against them. I would still pick Texas, but again, the whole game is really going to come down to which Quinn Ewers we're going to get. He's so inconsistent at his best. He's, you know, throwing for world beater. 350 yards and three touchdowns, no picks against Bama. Right. And at his worst, he's barely completing 50% against Wyoming and taking a fourth quarter comeback to win. So, right. Yeah. It just depends on which, which Quinn we're going to get this game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also look at Oklahoma's schedule thus far. They've taken on Arkansas state, SMU, Tulsa, Cincinnati, Iowa state. And so, you know, they are putting up good defensive numbers. They've given up zero, 11, 17, six and 20 respectively. Mm -hmm. But I look at those teams and I think, well, those aren't exactly the greatest offenses in the world either. Right. So right. for me, you know, this is going to be ramped up to 11 as far as the talent level that they're going to be trying to stop on the, on that side of the ball too. And Definitely. you know, Texas just has weapons all over the place and on their offense that probably the, one of the best, again, I, I've, we talk about Ohio state and Washington, Texas is right up there 
as far as receiving talent and their tight end. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jatavian Sanders is one of the best, the second best prospect behind Brock Bowers, I would say. Um, and like, but like you said, Quinn Ewers, it's it's on his shoulders. And what version of him are we going to get? If we get anywhere anywhere near the Alabama Quinn Ewers. I, I I like Texas, you know, and and even if we don't get the Alabama Quinn Ewers, and it's one of his more inconsistent days, the the Texas defense gives me comfort in that you know the the Texas in Texas of years past would get bullied a little bit on the defensive side of the ball. They couldn't tackle well. They didn't have the upfront talent that they have now. And by the way, Texas just signed the best offensive tackle in the country uh, on the offensive line for next year. So Steve Sarkeesian is really building something special in the trenches. And when you look at those old Texas teams that were always challenging for national titles, they've just had elite units up front. And it, I, I'm, mm-hmm. getting, I'm getting a whiff of that a little bit with this one. So I look at this game. I think Oklahoma is going to keep it competitive. Uh, but to me, that Texas just needs this game a lot more than Oklahoma does. And if they want the trend to continue for them to have a shot at a national title this year, then they, uh, you know, they have to win this one. Because I look at the rest of their schedule, and it, to me, I I don't see many more opportunities for Texas to make statements in their schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anything, they're going to be playing defense the rest of the year because you know this is the last ranked opponent right now. They've got Houston next. They got BYU, Kansas State, TCU, Iowa State, Texas Tech. If they lose any of those games, that, that's that's more of just an indictment of Texas beat themselves. And as an as a team challenging for a national championship spot, you can't do that. So this this right here is a, a kind of a must win in my mind for Texas if they want a shot at the playoff. And you know if if they drop one game the rest of the way, they win the Big Twelve title. Maybe they. They're still in the conversation, but it, it would it, it would certainly tarnish a, a lot of minds towards Texas of oh they're not really back. Um, right. So uh, for me, I, I like the horns in this one, and uh, I could see this. It it could be a one possession game, but it, uh, for me, it's more likely that it's a, a couple possessions, at least a ten point win for Texas. Um, uh, Oklahoma, to me, they still need to add some more firepower to get back to that elite level. So. Hey, look who's back in the news. Notre Dame. Notre Dame, they're in another top 25 battle here. Although, you and I were talking about this off the air, Garrett. That's a little, to me, that's a little suspect for Louisville. Uh, Notre Dame comes in ranked 10th. Then they go on the road once again to take on the 25th ranked Louisville Cardinal, or Cardinals. Excuse me. But I don't, I don't know if I buy Louisville, Garrett. What do you think? Yeah, I'm not sold on them being... Uh an elite team. I think that, you know, I mean, I saw them last week against NC state and, um, I, I definitely like Notre Dame in this one still. I think just there's overall uh, a more well-rounded balanced team. Um, although I, th- I think Louisville has opportunities to, to catch Notre Dame. Their, their whole offense is predicated on explosive plays. They're 10th in the country in explosiveness. So offensively their explosive play rate, um, but then on the flip side, defensively, they're 105th in that and that they give up a lot of big plays. So um, I think that that is probably a good thing for them going against a Notre Dame team that's a lot more balanced, a lot more safe. Um, I think they'll this will give Notre Dame a really good test. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this Notre Dame defense is just playing really well. We saw they've played two quality teams the last two weeks and they've, their defense has held up against both of them. So... I just, I mean, Louisville really struggled against NC State. NC State's a really good defense, but probably not as good as Notre Dame. So I think that Notre Dame's probably going to be able to shut down Jack Plummer in the offense. Um, you know, he's thrown six picks this season. Like I said, they're really explosive, but they're they're very risky. They're going to turn the ball over. And I think right. a, a defense like Notre Dame's going to be able to capitalize on that. So. And and their defense is just they don't like I said their defense isn't good they give up a lot of big plays and I think Notre Dame's gonna be able to take advantage of that and you know they they're all, they're they've played two really good defenses back to back against uh, Ohio State and Duke and this Louisville defense isn't anywhere near that level so I think the offense for Notre Dame is gonna be able to 
find their rhythm again. And I think this this is going to be a uh, Sam Hartman returning to his form earlier in the season. So, yeah, I expect Notre Dame to win this one. Um, I don't think they're going to blow them out. I think Louisville's going to make plays and score, but uh, I think they're going to win pretty handily by a few possessions. There you go. Notre Dame marches on. I'm with you there. Give me the Irish um, suspect of Louisville thus far. They've put to get, you know, they've won their games. Credit to them there. But uh, Notre Dame's defense for me has just seemed different than defenses from years past. I mean, the speed of the secondary and the athleticism up front. Uh, this to me is a Notre Dame unit that is solid on both sides. When it comes, or when it comes to uh, their defensive talent, that is their their front seven's good. And their back group, that that secondary group, is also talented. So, for me, mm-hmm. that's a complete unit. Give me the Irish for that reason. Uh, this one, it's close to home for me. It's got to be my Washington State Cougars. Ranked 13th in the country right now. Undefeated still, as they uh, last time we talked about them, they took down the Oregon State Beavers in the uh, Pac-2 championship. So, we've already got one championship under our belt. And uh, now... They travel to L.A. to take on the UCLA Bruins here. And I'll just jump in myself. For me, I've got to go with Washington State in this one. And I I could see this being a trap game simply because I really like UCLA's freshman quarterback more. He is he's got talent and he he's a five star recruit. He had a really tough game last time out against Utah. Dante Moore, that is. Um, 15 of 35, 2 of 34, touchdown and a pick. But to be fair, Utah's defense has given everybody problems. So, um, except Oregon State, but I digress. Um, Washington State, though, for me, they're, both sides of the ball are just really solid defensively. They get the stops needed, and they have great upfront pressure in uh, R.J. Stone and his his roommate as well um, uh, on the defensive front. They just get great quarterback pressure. They force a lot of turnovers. And then offensively, Washington State's averaging over 500 yards per game this year. Uh, and then through the air, the Cougars, actually yards per game, are only second to the Washington Huskies as far as yards through the air at over 400. So if you're looking for a pro- prolific passing attack, Look no further than the Washington State Cougars, led by quarterback Cameron Ward. Got good playmakers on the outside to get the ball to. And for me, I like the Cougs going down to L.A. and getting the win at the Rose Bowl. And for me, it would probably be, uh, it it could be a close game in that UCLA, I think, has the athletes to to challenge on the outside. But uh, I like Washington State in this one. And that would make them 5-0 heading into the Arizona game. I could see the Cougs winning that one. It's it's homecoming, and then they're potentially looking ahead to the Oregon Ducks undefeated at 6-0. and So uh, we could be looking at a special season here for the Cougs. Yeah, I, I agree with you that I, I like Washington State in this game. I'm surprised that UCLA's favored by three in this one. Um, uh-huh. I mean, they've, they haven't really beaten anybody too good. They lost to Utah, only put up seven points, but... Um, yeah, I, I like Washington State as well. I think they've just proven it against Wisconsin and Oregon State. Um, I I do think this could be a trap game, like you said, right. going on the road against a a you know a, they're a very solid UCLA team. Right. But my money's going to be on Washington State just because they've they've proven it um, throughout the season that they're they're able to score on anybody. So uh, yeah, I like Washington State as well. Yeah. And, you know, just doubling down. If if the Cougs are able to win this one, that to me shows the type of season that they could have. I mean, they're to me, they could be looking at a, a 10 and 2 kind of run, um, you know, if, if they're able to get past UCLA here. So time will tell. And that game is at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, and as far as streaming goes, you're out of luck because the Pac-12 sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it should be an interesting game there. Um, another game of note here. Well, that's pretty, 
pretty much it, actually. <laughs> that's most of the that's most of the the gist. Um, we, uh, Alabama and Texas A and M, I suppose. Yeah, that was gonna say Alabama, Texas A and M is a pretty big one. Um, just for SEC purposes, um, that game is really gonna decide the division. Not you know, decide the division, but these are these are the two. Uh, undefeated teams in the SEC on that division. So right. this game could have a lot of implications. If Alabama was able to win this one, I think that really puts them in the driver's seat to to make it to the conference championship and possibly make it back to the uh the, the playoffs. People were writing them off after the the Texas game, but they've got right. a pretty right. pretty good path back if they're able to win this one. So um I think this is going to be I mean this is probably one of the most intriguing games of the weekend for me just because um, I don't know. I think I think this is going to be a really test, really good test for Alabama if they were to win this one. That people are going to say, okay, they're they're still one of the best teams in the country, right? And um, yeah, this one's going to be. There's a couple good interesting matchups in this one just for uh for Jalen Milrow especially. Their offensive line hasn't played great. Milrow's been uh, under pressure a lot this season. He's been sacked 13 times the last three games. Mm. And on the flip side, Texas A&M's defense uh, is one of the best in the country at pressuring the quarterback. Uh, they're actually number one in sack percentage. They're sacking quarterbacks on 15% of their dropbacks. And they've had 20 sacks through five games this year. And they had seven sacks last week against KJ Jefferson. So uh, that's going to be the matchup to look for in this game. If, uh, if Alabama's offensive line can play well enough to give Milrow time, uh, obviously they want to use the rushing attack to to win games and, and, and I mean ultimately their defense is what they're going to rely on to win games they got the number one defense in the country but right um yeah and Elno on the flip side for Texas Sandem's offense they've they've kind of played two quarterbacks but their starting quarterback Connor Weigman uh he went down with an injury last week against Bama so he's done for the season and Max Johnson had to come in and he finished the game off against Auburn. Again, a really good defense. We talked about them against Georgia. Auburn has a really good defense. And he was able to come in against them and go 7 for 11, 123 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, and win them the game. They, they, it was a tight game, and then he came in, scored two touchdowns, and kind of ran away with it. So, uh, And then he played really well again against Arkansas last week. Uh, right. 200 yards, two touchdowns. Did have two turnovers, but... Yeah, I think Texas A&M's defense is going to present a lot of problems to Alabama's offense. Uh, this will be a really good test for Jalen Milrow, but I think Texas A&M with a backup quarterback, uh, I just don't think they're going to be able to go do much of anything against Alabama's defense. So I think this is going to be a, a big win for Alabama just in terms of the standings. I think they're going to really separate themselves right. and uh, put themselves in the driver's seat to make it back to the, the championship game. And um, really sort of, uh, I don't know, just they're really one step closer back to the playoffs because i think if they run the table they're back in probably right um so yeah i think this would just be a good a big step in the right direction so yeah i like alabama to win this one i don't want to say handily but i'm pretty confident saying that they're going to come out with a win now uh, some other interesting storylines with this game to take note of folks the last two games text the, the final scores have been texas a&m 41 to 38 that was at Texas A&M. And then next year, the final score was 24-20 to 20 in favor of Alabama. So back-to-back to back years have been incredibly close ball games. And, right. it, and Garrett, I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to seeing what the handshake is going to look like between uh, Jim, Jimbo Fisher yeah. and, and Nick Saban. Uh, the interesting uh, off-the-field um, com- com- comments uh, being made by Jimbo Fisher towards Nick Saban, and it had to do with recruiting, if I'm understanding correctly. Yeah, they took some jabs at each other um, over the last year, just in terms of the NIL changes. Texas A&M has been probably the biggest culprit of, I don't want to say abusing NIL because we don't, nothing's really come out, but they've been very. Uh, I would say open about how much they're using NIL to just basically pay players to come there. And right. I think Saban's uh, recognized that and taken a little bit of offense to it because, you know, they've been doing it for years and now all of a sudden Jimbo is doing it legally when NIL comes out. I mean, what the heck, you know? Right. So 
but I'm somewhat <laughs> kidding. But uh, yeah, so they, they've they've uh, had a few things to say about each other, but you know they've been around a long time. They're, they'll, I'm sure they'll be cordial, but uh, who knows? We'll see. That we will. And this game, uh, I I was tempted to take Texas A&M, but I just can't trust Jimbo coach team. I really can't. I've got to go with Nick Saban in this one on the road. I think uh, if the the game goes Alabama's way, especially to where they're able to control the game on the ground and ground and pound it against Texas A&M, I really like their odds. Um, But I I was tempted to pick A&M, but I just just can't trust them. A little up and down and whatnot throughout the years, as we've talked about. It's been well chronicled on our show here. So uh, for me, give me Nick Saban over Jimbo Fisher. I'll take the Tide, especially with what the Tide has to play for the rest of the way. Um, getting mm-hmm. potentially getting back into playoff com, uh, common uh, conversation. There we go. So I don't know, Garrett. Is there any any other games to take note of here, or uh, did we just put uh, a stamp I on it? Um, let me see here. One other game that I just wanted to touch on. Um. Let me see. I'm not going crazy. We didn't mention Maryland and Ohio State yet, right? That's right. We haven't. That's good. I just want to make sure you know. Sometimes the old memory slips. But <laughs> uh, I, that's a game that I just wanted to touch on a little bit that I think could be really interesting. Maryland's unranked, uh, so it doesn't just on that factor alone doesn't get as much attention. And Maryland is a a 20 point underdog right now, and I think that is. I think that this is a big test for Ohio State. I think this could be a trap game for them. Mm. I think Maryland is really underrated team. They're coming in. They're five and zero, and they've clobbered Indiana. They clobbered Michigan State. Uh, I mean, neither of those teams are great, but they're Power Five teams, and Maryland is just destroying them. They destroyed Virginia, who's terrible too. But again, right. That's three straight power five teams that they just absolutely dominated. And so to be a 20 point underdog unranked at this point after being five and no, I think that's a little, I think they're very underrated. Um, so I definitely think this one could, they have the potential to call it to, to upset Ohio state, even like I said, being 20 point underdogs. So, uh, Talia Tungavailoa is playing really well, almost 300 yards game, 66% completion percentage, 13 touchdowns, three picks on the year. Um, he dominated Indiana last week, 350 yards, five touchdowns. And I just think that with Ohio State has really good defense. They've got a very safe defense. They cover really well. Uh, but their defensive line gets little to no pressure on, uh, opposing quarterbacks. They've only had five sacks the entire season. That's one of the worst in the country. Mm. Um, in terms of sack percentage, they're 119th. Um, yikes. And, on the flip side, Maryland. Uh, on the flip side, um, Maryland's only allowing a four percent pressure to sack rate. Um, that's one of the best in the country. So, uh, yeah, the, I just think that the Maryland's going to have opportunities with their offense, and Talia's going to have a good opportunity to have a coming out party and have a really big game. Like I said, he's playing really well this season. They got a really good offense, and I, you know, I just think twenty point underdogs. This I. I just feel like this could be a trap game for Ohio State. So if I mean if they can play as well as they've done uh, against Notre Dame, if their defense can play up to the level that they've been expected throughout the season, overall they're they're fourth in yards per play allowed. They've been really really solid carrying the team. Um, right. But I just think if 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 Maryland can get the ball, if they can start scoring some points and really put the pressure on Ohio State's offense to, you know respond for the first time all year we haven't seen them really get into a, a, a scoring match their defense has been so solid that mccord hasn't really been had to do much right uh, i just think it could present a real problem for ohio state so that's that's what i'm keeping an eye on i don't think i'm necessarily picking maryland to win but it's one again i'm watching because i think that they have a lot of upset potential right right well be careful garrett uh, coach day might call you out in the post game uh talk yeah, if he hears you talk like this, <laughs> he might. He's not afraid. He'll go after anyone and everyone if you even mention the name of Ohio State. 
So <laughs> it's us yeah, against that's... everybody. Oh, come on. <laughs> Sheesh. Did you know they've only played one bad half of football the last three years? They haven't won a championship the last three years, but they've only played one bad half of football. Hey, I, I did not know that. Uh, thanks, Coach Day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that I actually like that um, highlight there. I hundred uh, percent agree. Maryland could give Ohio State actually a scare. I, I would still probably pick Ohio State, but I, right. I definitely, folks, a, a game to take note of. That's a noon kickoff this Saturday, and the, you can find that game on Fox Sports. So you're going to have the great Gus Johnson calling it. Maryland, they're taking it to no. Um, it, <laughs> you never know. Uh, and uh, talk about uh, a, a quarterback that I like is Tunga Vailoa. He was able to pull that off at the horseshoe. That'd be a great story. So, with all that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we've covered a lot of college football. We've made our picks, and now it's time we hit the road. Uh, just a just a reminder: you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us there. If you could leave us a five-star review, that would be helpful as we continue to try to build our audience and grow. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. And for my co-host, Garrett Thigpen, I'm Garrison Hardy. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.